Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. This is the Cricket Badger podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. The name badger probably comes from the French word bêche, meaning digger. Hello everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Cricket Badger Podcast. Got a very special guest in just a second for you. But before that, thank you very much to our sponsors, Bodyline, T-shirts.com and MoonriseCricket.co.uk. I've just had a little bit of trouble setting up this interview. I invited Stephen Croft by Zoom and it blocked him. It must be because he's a Lancastrian and I'm a Yorkshire fan, but we'll get past that and uh, we'll invite him onto the Cricket Badger Podcast. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to, good to talk to you. I've spoken to you a couple of times before, but I think we, we'd set up this chat about a year ago and it never happened for some reason, but uh, we'll get to it now. First off, before we get to the 20 questions, because you're going to be taking on those today, how, how have you found this COVID summer? It's been different, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been quite quite sort of bizarre, really, and a bit surreal at times. And yeah, sort of going back to, to February, really, we were probably just about to go to, we'd just been to India, uh, Mumbai with Lancashire and uh, just about to go to South Africa. And then, yeah, when it all sort of came about, we all, I think like most people didn't didn't think it was going to be that serious really and then the tour got cancelled and then I think then we soon found out it, is, it, is, it was probably more serious than we first imagined and, and then yeah at one point we didn't think we were going to actually get out and, and play cricket at one point so uh, when we eventually did uh, for those two months that were quite quite crammed in really but it, it, it was needed it was it was great to, to get eventually back out there And how did you find playing in front of no crowds Is that was that a strange atmosphere for you. It was really, yeah. Even even missing the Heavenly crowd was was a <laughs> was a bit of a shame, really. But yeah, that that's what you want. You want to be in those situations where you, you play in front of as many people as you can, and yeah, just a shame for the fans, really. Obviously, when when we're out there doing our work, sometimes you you can forget about it, really. But but speaking to people around, I think they've, they've really missed watching live cricket, and it, it was so 
sort of well followed and especially the T20 games you do notice it a little bit but uh, but yeah still felt really really sorry for the fans really and they missed out on on some some good live cricket with some with some great local talent that was not just around Lancashire but around the country really I've just checked your age on uh, Crick Info and uh, happy birthday for yesterday thank you very much cheers <laughs> uh, Stephen Parry thought it was today I got a message through today saying happy birthday <laughs> but he was a he's a day late but we'll let him off and only 36 now I saw your um your LinkedIn post the other day where you were you were looking at kind of options outside of cricket I guess really thinking ahead having a, a season interrupted by Covid and everything that's gone on and it, it kind of I don't know I've spoken to a couple of people this year I spoke to Darren Stevens who's obviously evergreen and carries on and carries on and he was saying you know well if it affects me at this time of life then I've already had a decent career it's the youngsters that we should be be thinking about but you want to cram in as much cricket as you can before you finish I guess yeah I've, I've got a desire to play as long as possible really as long as I'm still putting in performances and but yeah it was a little bit of a wake-up call really although I've I've been planning sort of even the last 10 years, really, some outside stuff. It almost put it into perspective that well, if, if the game wasn't here, we can't really just say you're a cricketer and not work. So, yeah, uh, so yeah it, it, it was a bit of an eye-opener and I hope it was for, for some people in a sense of a bit of a planning sort of year, really. The PCA really help you out and push you to get into other avenues or just start that ball rolling, really, because you never really know when that last season or game's going to be really so I think it's always great to, to have a plan and I think this year might have just pushed and nudged a few people along with it. There's a tendency for people like us that work in cricket and and love the game that we think it's the be all and end all and one of the one of the things of this summer I think is that we've been reminded really that there's more to life really you know life's important and uh, friends and family etc are important and cricket is is not the be all and end all really. Yeah and I think in that that middle bit of the lockdown where we were all at home, uh, it might have sounded sort of quite quite grim, really. If if you sort of said to that situation, you, sh- you should be out on the field in in April, May, and but I actually really enjoyed it, spending summer months with the family that I haven't I haven't done before. So in that sense, it was nice to spend time with your family and and, and do things that you, you don't usually do in the summer and maybe take for granted. So it was that sense was, was really nice, really. And and like you said, there was there is more to life than than cricket, really. And, it would be a sad life without it, obviously, but uh, but yeah, it was it was great to to sort of catch up and the world seemed a really nice place. Really, everyone everyone was kind to each other and 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 watch each other's back for a bit and and long it may continue and hopefully, like I said, it just gets people thinking about about other stuff as well. Well, that takes us into the twenty questions because the first question that I tend to ask the guests is, what would Stephen Croft have done if cricket hadn't existed? Where would life have taken you? <laughs> um, it probably something. Something sport-based, uh, being really competitive of, of anything I do, really. So, yeah, if, if, if it wasn't cricket, hopefully another sport. Uh, yeah, I love any sort of competition. And and suppose, yeah, if, if, it, if it wasn't sport-related, it might have been might have been something sort of military-based or, or sort of special forces. I've always been into that. Obviously, a bit too late now for that. And I don't think the family would appreciate it. But, uh, but yeah, I think... Sort of the, you read about all the stories about the, the camaraderie they've had, and it's probably similar to, to cricket, really, working in, in, in a team and, and, and to try and achieve goals, really. That'd be quite a hard thing to get past your missus, I guess, wouldn't it? To say, I'm retiring from cricket, she's <laughs> thinking you're going to spend more time with the family, and you could say, well, I'm going to go on a mission for 12 months, I'm now in the Special Forces. It would be a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, uh, yeah, get away with that. I usually get uh, maybe in a, a morning 
of, of golf somewhere. But yeah, I think that would have been uh, <laughs> the bridge too far, I think. Who has been the biggest influence on your cricket career? Well, probably going back sort of to, to non-cricketers, really. It's probably, probably my dad who... Probably he didn't. He didn't really play cricket, but uh, I, I got into it when when we moved over to Sri Lanka when I was seven seven years old. We lived there for three years, and bless him, he, he can't really play, but he, he tried and, and put in hours with me and let me bowl at him. He, he bowled at me and, and and put in sort of years and years of work really. And then it came to to play, and he ferried me around and and had that support from him uh, or both parents really to just gave me the opportunity really and I think once I was sort of growing up and then obviously uh, Fred who was a Lancastrian as well just down the road was a sort of cricketing idol really so I was trying to trying to sort of mimic his path really from from being in the Northern League and then Lancashire in England so it was he was a sort of hero growing up really that it was it was quite local and, and seemed sort of quite achievable at the time. That's quite an interesting childhood. I didn't realise you'd been in Sri Lanka for three years when you were a kid. That that must have been quite strange for a seven-year-old to suddenly find yourself in a in a completely different country in a different sort of culture. Yeah, massively. I was I was sort of footy man before that, really, and 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 not really picked up a cricket bat, really. So it was it was it was a great time. To be fair, it was went to an international school and there was sport on on show, and then we. Because of the heat, really, you, you finish school at one o'clock in the afternoon. Obviously, started early, but yeah, you had all the afternoon to go swim in, play cricket, and 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 just run around, really. So it was it was great in that sort of sense. It was almost fitted my lifestyle, really, of, of staying active and and just running around and being a nuisance, really. So you're an incredible player of spin, then, from an early age. <laughs> yeah, try. Well, yeah, if they don't read it, it's just just trying to swipe it. But uh, but yeah, it was it was it was great to. To, to start there, they're obviously cricket mad and there for the the World Cup, and it was it was a brilliant place. Every I suppose it's the same when you, you're over here and you, and you see kids playing football everywhere. It was yeah, it was literally everywhere over there. A spare bit of grass or a bit in a field, and there'd be kids just playing cricket everywhere. What's been your best moment in cricket? If I could take you back to 24 hours in your career that you could relive again and experience the the highs of that day, where would you take me? Probably can't two past the, the 2011 championship win really uh, the T20 was up there as well sort of our, our first trophy in that and to captain that was a great honour but, but that the 2011 championship win was was right up there I think for, for many reasons really we had a 77 year wait and how that, that season panned out really we were massive underdogs to thought we were going to go down and uh, it was a great team effort yeah there was there was every one of us had, had won a game here or there in that season and even the last game, how that panned out, we we were we were well weren't behind in the game, but it looked like Warwickshire were going to beat Hampshire down the Rose Bowl where it was then. And yeah, I think it was Carbs and uh, Neil McKenzie just batted that whole day out, and then sort of gave us more belief that on that last day. And then yeah, it just like the stars aligned, and they they grounded out a draw. We got a great win, and yeah, the rest is history. And the, the the great thing about that year was how much it meant to the to the fans and the well the, the Lancashire supporters really. We we'd obviously felt like we'd, we'd achieved something great with the squad we had. It had been seventy seven years as well. We've had some great sides in in between, but taking the trophy round to even local cricket clubs, you really felt that that supporters were really sort of moved and it was a great achievement. Really, when we went round, we went round to sort of Man United, Man City, a few rugby grounds and football which was great but taking it to the local clubs uh, you, you really saw how much it meant to all the supporters 
And there wouldn't have been many people still alive, would there, that had seen Lancashire win it uh, 77 years before then. So the whole, a whole generation of cricket fans there in Lancashire that uh, experienced that for the first time. Yeah, and they, like I said, there have been so many good sides we've had through, throughout the sort of generations, really. See that like, great 90s side. And for our side to win it, which was, I wouldn't say we were started up whatsoever. We had some great players, some, some great, lads that have played together and I think that was one of the, the the main reasons we had that sort of sort of squad togetherness cohesion we, we really sort of dug in together but but yeah looking back over the years at some of the names and, and sides they had it was unbelievable how they, they hadn't won it but uh, that's what made it even more special I suppose. I remember covering the game at Egberth uh, Yorkshire um, in that season and that was a terrific finish there. And you had a few of those, didn't you, where you got across the line and you won matches that uh, were quite tight and everything. And sometimes when your name's on the trophy, that old adage, um, you carry on and win it, don't you? Yeah, and yeah, there's, there's so many games like that that just sort of swung our way, really. And I think it did help, obviously, playing at, at Egberth a lot of the, a lot of the season. Uh, old Trafford has, in the past, had a tendency to go a bit flat. And especially if you, if you lose a, a day or two to sort of bad weather hard to, to get a result really at Old Trafford uh, there have been some great cricket wickets there but yeah I think if you, you turn them into two and a half or three day games it, it, it's you're struggling to get a, a result with, with two good sides going at each other but sort of excuses aside and we, we played some great cricket at the end like you said there's, there were some really tight games Keg's got a, a nine for against Hampshire it went down to sort of the last two minutes and it sort of yeah, it seemed just to, to fall Fall, everything fall in place, really. Bodylinet-shirts.com. Browse the finest collection of cricketing t-shirts on the web. Hundreds of original cricket designs for cricket players and fans alike, featuring everyone and everything from Larwood to Leach and Cow Corner to Chin Music at Bodylinet-shirts.com. And you can get 10% off your first order using the code BADGER at checkout. Bodylinet-shirts.com. T-shirts for the discerning cricket fan. That's the good day. I'm going to try and take you back now to a day that you don't want to relive again. What's the, what would be your worst <laughs> moment in cricket? Uh, probably haven't got a, a real one that I thought I wish had never happened. Or you obviously have a few. You have a bad game here and there, but uh, I suppose at any time you sort of get you've got relegated out of Division One. Uh, happened a few times, and sort of the finals day losses, even even at weekend was last weekend was a tough one to take, but. Yeah, no sort of real pinpoint ones really. Uh, uh, a few times on ninety nine, which is never nice. But uh, but yeah, sort of any time you sort of lose, really, it, it it does sort of hurt and take a piece of you, really. That you want to then sort of hopefully learn from, so it's it doesn't happen again. But I think after playing sort of sixteen, seventeen years, there is going to be days you want to forget, and but none, none really I can pinpoint until that was a. A terrible day, really, but but yeah, there's plenty of moments where you where you're very disappointed and and try to try to sort of learn from each one of those to make sure it doesn't happen again or or, or minimal times. Really. I'm talking to you on WhatsApp, and there's two very cute kids staring at me at the moment who are obviously yours. And are, are you the sort of cricketer that takes things home with you and you sit in the corner and sulk and you know if things go wrong, or do you do you uh, kind of brush it off as soon as you drive out the gates? Uh, 
a little bit of both, really. Obviously, before children, yeah, you, you take it home and you, you, you mull over it. And especially when you, you, you're captain the side as well, there's so many things you, you maybe could have done uh, differently. But yeah, I think these sort of last sort of few years, it's, it's yeah, you, you sort of brush yourself down after a loss. And then, yeah, to be fair, you, you've got some pretty important things going on at home, really, with, with, with homework or, or, or bowling your daughter in the backyard. So yeah, you, it, it tends to sort of, like we said earlier, there's other things and I think that's helped my cricket the last few years to have obviously a family and, and another interest that you, you can just get get stuck into really and and when you're at home you, you tend not to think about it and yeah, there's, there's, always, there's always the odd time you think obviously you, you can dwell a bit or, or, or overthink things but, but yeah, it's, it soon gets sort of beaten out you literally by, by one of your little ones. <laughs> When you were a youngster, just learnt that three of those years were, were spent in Sri Lanka, but was there a poster boy for you when you were um, looking at cricket? Was there somebody that you looked at and thought, I want to be him? Yeah, it would probably been Fred, really. Mm. You know, a Lancastrian, and I played at Blackpool. He played at St Anne's, which is a sort of rival club. And, uh, yeah, just, just his journey, really, from from being, I think at the time he was the youngest Northern Premier League player at 14. I think I'd, I just picked him at that, and then he, he broke into the the length side early, and then I think he, he played for England when he was around twenty. Uh, so yeah, that all almost seemed like because someone local's done it, I, I could maybe give it a go. And and if someone from from around sort of where I was from has done it, she always got that sense growing up that it was all always the sort of public school boys. But I think sort of around Lancashire, it, it's not really like that really. But uh, Yes, someone being so local and 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 made his way in the game sort of really pushed me on and thought I, I can I can have a go at it as well. And then obviously a few years later, you were sharing your dressing room with him, so that would have been quite special, I guess. Yeah, it was quite surreal, really, and he sort of really looked after me. I didn't really know him. I'd met him on a few occasions, but I remember being in the changing room and he sort of got me at ease, sort of introduced me to everyone, and and. I think he almost kept an eye on me, really, which I almost appreciated and, and, and really respected and, and, and not forgot since this day, really. He's sort of a, most people know, he's an, he's an outgoing character. And, and that really sort of puts you at ease, sort of going into a changing room with Stewie Lord, Dominic Cork, and Warren Hague, and the, the great sort of names in there to, to almost someone who knows your name and, and knows what you do and where you're from. It was a nice touch, really, and, and tried to almost do the same when, when anyone new walks through the door and, and, and any youngsters come in it can be a daunting place for changing room and, and trying to make them feel at ease and, and try and get a bit of info on them to, to let them know that you, you know what they're about really with Fred he, he looks fitter now than he did when he played he, you know you see him on TV these days and he's tanned and, and slim and everything he, he looks like he could carry on yeah he looks in great shape doesn't he and uh, I think he's, he's, he's kicked a, a few old habits and 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 uh, yeah, well, he's massively into his gym now, and and he's, he's done tremendously well, Top Gear and all, all the other shows. Just love watching him, and he's got that almost that northernness about him. You, you can't dislike really. He's a genuine guy, and I think everyone sees him or comes across him will will say what a guy he is. And yeah, he, he still flies the Lancashire flag and, and the cricket flag for everyone. He's sort of been a great ambassador to the game. I think that oh five Ashes is just. I don't think you'll 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 get a better sort of man of the series performance really, and I think he's he's touched everyone really who's, who's come across him or, or even watched him really. He's a great showman, and I think that's why so many people love him. 
If you could trade lives, Stephen Croft, with any current player, you can live in their skin for a day. You, you feel what it's like to have their talent and to have their life for 24 hours. Who would you pick? There's a few sort of, obviously, cricketers. You you look at sort of Coley and, and A.B. de Villiers is one, like, thinking, I'm just going to hit there, he does. And that must be a nice feeling, really, just to uh, not just have a, a slog, but uh, just pick your place and hit it there. So I think... On the field, yeah, A.B. de Villiers must be, uh, he's right up there as in sort of a, a talent. And similar with Joss, really, he just makes it look pretty easy. He never seems to swing the bat too hard. And he's just brilliant to watch and obviously play with as well. So I think yeah, either on the field, it'd, be, it'd have to be Butler or, or de Villiers for me, really. Yeah, de Villiers, I think he, he, would, he was my answer when I turned these questions on myself a, a while ago. A.B. de Villiers for me is just, something special you watch him when he's in full flight and every single shot and he, he seems to invent shots whilst he's playing doesn't he you know he, he can hit it anywhere and he's evergreen as well I mean we talk about kind of getting towards the end of careers and stuff I mean I can't remember off the top of my head exactly how old AB is at the moment but he just always seems to be in form and always seems to be fighting fit yeah I think everything he does really he's got wickets he can keep he's good in the field so everything he does apparently he was good at everything growing up sort of sport wise so I think yeah he's he's obviously still got a passion and desire and like I say he's, he looks he looks fit and it just never seems to miss time the ball probably a lot of cricketers envy that really but uh, I think that's what makes him so special and, and great to watch same age as you he's 36 so uh, you, you're in good company in that age <laughs> Moonrise is a sports engagement website to allow sports fans to learn from the very best. Get a personal video message recorded for a fan's special occasion. Have a professional cricketer as your next coach by getting video feedback or having a 30-minute conversation with some of the world's best players. Players such as Jimmy Neesham, Colin Munro, Tammy Beaumont, Danny Wyatt, Monty Panasar. Visit MoonriseSports.com or go to Moonrise Sports on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Moonrise Cricket, let's play. I'm going to put you in charge of world cricket for a day. It can be English cricket, you can take this however you want to, but I'm going to put you behind the big desk. Mr S Croft is on the door. What would you do to change the game to uh, make it better? Uh... Well, I think first, sort of, not I wouldn't say away from cricket, but like the World Cup and and that old five ashes is just trying to trying to get it out there to more people. So sort of free to air television is something. Even what the players think about you always think about that next generation. What you know, watching sort of that those ashes and, and young stuff on terrestrial television, and I think that's quite important really to get to get the game out there. Really, I think we'll always a lot of decent numbers playing cricket in this country, but if you really want to compete and and keep keep those numbers up. I think getting it on on terrestrial is, is quite an important thing, really. And, and that goes back to the World Cup last year, and and those 05 Ashes, sort of real iconic moments that you, you'd like everyone to to see, really, and and try and emulate. And doing a bit of sort of coaching myself last few years, you, you usually see a, a, a great number of youngsters actually playing the game and coming up to nets, and then you tend to get a bit of a drop-off around the teenage years. Uh, but if you can sort of keep them sort of involved in the game, whether they be watching it or, or, or playing somehow. And yeah, I think obviously it'd be nice for the game to have a, a bit more money. 
that's what usually comes down to the television rights, I suppose. But uh, I think you know, getting it out there in that sense of making people, if more people can watch it, I think it'll be it'll be better received and, and, and numbers. But uh, I think obviously before this year, cricket was in a good place, sort of on the field, really. I think te- England, the, the Test team, have, have done tremendously well over the last decade, and obviously the the one day stuff, World Champions, and the T20 stuff were a great side in that as well, led, led by Morgan and. I think I think that the county cricket is in a good place as well. Really, the four-day stuff uh, continues to provide England, England players, although it's not exact same conditions. Really, I think that, that we've seen over the last few years, sort of the Burns and, and Sibley's and, and Zach Crawley must be working. Yeah, and, and they've last been brilliant to play in as well. The last few years, the numbers have been have been really great. It's been really great competitive cricket and. Yeah, another hundred was supposed to happen this year. We obviously no one knows how that's going to go, but I'm pretty sure if it was received like the T20 when it first started, I think uh, I think it'll be good. And it, it's, I suppose it's more cricket, and hopefully more people w- will watch, and and it'll get out there to maybe a, a new audience out there. I had George DeBell on recently, and he, he there was a nice phrase that he said about free-to-air TV. Basically, you know, for a lot of the country. It's invisible, isn't it, cricket? Because it's behind that paywall and not everybody has Sky Sports. You know, those, those that have it just take it for granted. Those that don't have it never see cricket. And that, that that's something that cricket has got to try and remedy, hasn't it? Because, I mean, I going back to when I was a kid, I turned on the TV, surfed around, found cricket, realised three hours later I was still watching it. And that's how you get into it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, massively. And, and I say, yeah, you, you, yeah, if you don't, if you'd not heard of the game, you, you you wouldn't really see it. You might get the odd little appearance on the news, but it's just one of those sports that, unfortunately, it, it is sort of only on Sky or, or I don't know if anything's on BT at the minute. But, yeah, it's there for the subscription holders. And, yeah, I've been paying the bills. It's not cheap to, to get a sort of Sky package. And uh, But, yeah, it'd be great, it'd be great to, to get it on, on terrestrial television. And, and, and yeah, I'm going to go back to the sort of Channel 4 to still remember the music and, and, mm. and, and what, what was going on and... And that was sort of my early memories, and maybe that's why a, a sort of good sort of batch of players around that area. You, you never know, but it's definitely seen by more people. Then, how have you found the the Bob Willis Trophy? I, might, I think the ECB have done a fantastic job this summer to get county cricket, well, as much county cricket and international cricket played in England. But Bob Willis Trophy, obviously, a different structure. They're talking about doing something similar next year. How have you found that? Do you, do you like that conference premise, or would you prefer two divisions? You said it there. I think they did the, the very best that they, they could do. Really, uh, the cricket was really competitive. I think yeah, there wasn't there wasn't enough games for a, for a group really. But yeah, I think if it was a full season, I'd like to see first first and second division. I think over the time or, or one or two three seasons, the the best team will generally be up there really consistently. Uh, but yeah, I think this year it was it was great the way they did it. Really, I think it's the best way they could have done it and. Like I said, the cricket was excellent and there was plenty of young lads on the show as well, which was good for the game. They might not have had that exposure, obviously, with the, with the England bubbles and uh, selections. We, we, we fielded, I think, sort of six or seven debutants in, in that format. So, yeah, it was, it was great for those lads and they got to do it around experienced players as well and play against some, some really good players. So, yeah, I think, like you said, it, it was the best the best way they could have done it, really. And, and it was it was great to be involved with it, really. And same 
again, if, if that final at Lords was, was sort of on terrestrial television, it would probably made it a bit more special mm. as well. What I like about the conference idea is that every county in the country at the start of the season can win it. And you've talked about yeah. you know the disappointment of relegation to Division Two, and you obviously start the next season knowing that you, you're not going to get your hands on that trophy because you, you're a division away from it. Whereas you know, the Leicester's, the Derby's of this world, they had some great results in the in the Bob Willis Trophy, and even if it was just for a week or two, they they were in contention. And that, that I quite like that premise that everybody starts the same. Yeah, and I suppose you've got you've got to be on the ball really. And I suppose the only, at the time, the only bad thing with the two divisions was so many went down, not so many really, but it was 25% of the division could possibly go down, could play some, some decent cricket and, and get a bit unlucky with the weather and, and, and be relegated in the past where, yeah, I suppose, like you said, there's, anyone can win it and it's almost a bit like a, a cup competition that you've, you've got to be on the ball really. You can't, you can't sort of gradually get into the season because you're probably not going to be anywhere. So it was, it probably got the, the competitive juices flowing for, like you said, more teams really, which is which is good to see. The other thing I quite like about it, the way it's set up, you are encouraged to play attacking cricket, aren't you? From my standpoint, you know, there's, there's no penalty for finishing at the bottom because you're not going to get relegated. So it's all out attack because you need to finish in the top bit to qualify for the next round. Yeah, so I think, yeah, in that sense as well, there won't be that sort of protecting your status or, or anything like that. And I think... They got the rules right with the season, and, and suppose uh, they took into consideration the fast bowlers and stuff, and had a maximum of 120 overs, which sort of took out that real monster big score that you could possibly get, and, and then have two goals at a side. But I think it, it, fit, it fitted with this year and, and, and what it was all about. And, and like I say, the, the players had to get protected first, which which, which was a uh, first and foremost, and. Obviously, there was quite a few injuries this year anyway, but, but uh, I think that was due to that sort of, I wouldn't say inactivity, probably just cricket-specific fitness, being on a field. You, you, Lots of lads are doing lots of stuff at home and, and, and getting fit. But yeah, there's, I suppose there's nothing like being out there and, and, and being on the field. But, uh, but yeah, I think that it was all run very well in the end. Everybody that play, has ever played club cricket knows that that first match of the season, you, you wake up the next morning feeling stiff. Was that the same this county season? Because, as you say, everybody kept fit and everybody did their, their training schedules, but it's not match fitness, is it? No, yeah, and it's, yeah, it is sort of very different. And we were fortunate enough to, I think we had sort of three practice games, really, which which, which were great, really. Unfortunately, we weren't at Old Trafford for the sort of 90% of the summer because of the, the England stuff, but uh, we were Sort of went to an outground Chester Broughton Hall, which looked after us really well. Had a couple of friendlies there. Uh, one sort of inter squad game. We played Derbyshire, and then we played uh, Yorkshire over at Headingley. So it was great preparation, really. But yeah, it almost it almost speaking to the lads, they're probably a little bit stiffer than they probably were on previous seasons. But uh, yeah, luckily we had had those three games to sort of get get ourselves into it, really. We're going to move on to some other questions now. And so the, the, your answers to these can be cricket related, or you can go down any route that you want to. They say rock stars no want to be sportsmen, and vice versa. If you could have been famous in any other field, doing anything you wanted to do, obviously you grew up in Blackpool, you could have been an entertainer by the sea. And um, what would you have chosen to do? Uh, probably in a band. Uh, yeah, love music and can't play any. Uh, so yeah, love to be able to play guitar and, and, and have a have a good voice, really, because. As my wife told me, it's very woeful. So, yeah, I think being in a band would 
would be right up there. What sort of music? What's your favourite stuff? Stuff like Stereophonic, Kings of Leon, Foo Fighters, yeah, something with a bit of a beat. Don't get get big raps anymore. My, my music in the changing room, uh, sounding quite old when you go in there and say what's this every day. So you tend just to put up with it now and just leave them to it and stick your headphones in and stick your own music on. <laughs> if you could meet anybody, living or dead, it's that dinner party question. Who would you have around? If you could, Maybe three guests are going to give you, living or dead, who would you like around the table to have a bit of a chinwag with? Probably Denzel Washington first. Uh, love films, love all his films and just seems like a, a solid all-round bloke and something you'd probably get some very wise words from. Yeah, Denzel Washington would be up there. Muhammad Ali, uh, I think from a from a sporting side, yeah, similar. You you probably come away with with your mind blown, really. And yeah, Will Ferrell as well for a bit of a comedy side. Again, love love, love all his films and makes you feel young again watching them. So yeah, pro- probably probably them and maybe uh, maybe Angelina as well. From it, <laughs> so it's uh, evens it out a bit. <laughs> if um, if you had the Muhammad Ali, the young Muhammad Ali, nobody else would get a word in edgeways, would they? They'd be telling every, he'd be telling everybody how beautiful <laughs> oh, yeah. he was and how fantastic he was all night. Yeah, yeah, we'd have to maybe get him out of get him out of the house and then uh, have an after party with the rest. They're going to make Crofty the movie. They are starting to think about casting. Steven Spielberg's on the phone. They say, Stephen, um, who's going to play you in the film about your life? Any recommendations? Oh, uh, I'd like to say someone like Tom Hardy. He's quite short. Like myself and uh, a bit beardy, so yeah, yeah, I've been obviously wouldn't mind looking like him, but uh, but yeah, it it'll probably end, but it, it'll probably end up being a budget movie made, uh, maybe no one in it too far. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna pick somebody, you might as well pick somebody good looking, isn't you? Yeah, 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 probably end probably Tom Tom Hardy. What's the last time you can remember feeling really nervous? I mean, this can be anything, but as a player, do you? Do you get nervous before going out to bat? Are you somebody that sits there and gets all tense or just take things in your stride? No, never really, apart from really younger days, sort of anxious to get out there and, and you want to just sort of start batting really. You don't want wickets to fall, but you want to you want to be out there doing what, what you want to do really. But uh, yeah, sort of cricket sense, not really get that nervous really anymore. And probably the, the last time I was really nervous was my second daughter. So it was 10 months, 11 months now. So it, it was probably all around the birth. Mm. Of, of, of her really and you just you hope everything goes well and there's nothing you can do as a father at times in, in in the hospital you just feel you just feel a bit helpless really and obviously the women have to go through the the brave stuff really and you, you just have to be there to support and you just feel a bit helpless so that was probably last time I was really nervous yeah as I say looking at that picture on your whatsapp thing things look as if they've turned out okay yeah yeah great thanks and outnumbered in the house three to one now with the women to the boys so uh so yeah, it's, it's all good. You scoot off and I say I need some a long time now at times. But, uh, but yeah, all good. That, that's why you need cricket, isn't it? You can escape the house for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah go to work for an escape. <laughs> What's the top item on your bucket list? Things to do before you die. What will be number one on that list? Probably see more of the world, really. Done a, a little bit of, of travelling, obviously through cricket. But, but yeah, not, not seeing the places... You'd, you'd want to see before before you go. So yes, places like the Maldives would, would be nice, and and done a bit of America. But yeah, wouldn't mind going around America, and and obviously where, when everything clears up, mine. But uh, but yeah, I think just to travel a bit more. Obviously, been some great places through cricket and Australia, New Zealand, and South Africa, and the Caribbean. But you tend not to have too much time off there. So uh, so yeah, it'd be nice to get on some some proper holidays, really.
I'm going to let you write to yourself when you were, say, I don't know, 12, 13, and you can advise the young Stephen Croft about things to do to get the most out of his cricket. What, what would you tell yourself? What would you maybe do differently if you had your time again? I think probably always, always listening to my coach and obviously respected them and, and had some brilliant ones over the years, especially Morsey and people like Ashley Giles. And, uh, so, yeah, I think but not relying too much on, on coaches really that to, to work everything out for you so almost find find your own method uh, of, of working things out and obviously they're there to help and, and facilitate things for you but but yeah I think the last few few years really you sort of get your own way and your method and, and what's good and unique for yourself really so I think going back yeah, if you could found that a bit a bit sooner or 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 explore stuff myself rather than always sort of. I, I wanted to learn stuff and 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 look at new avenues, uh, which is I don't think there's anything wrong with. But I think look for that method uh, sort of internally. Uh, if I got that a bit sooner, maybe I don't know. But but yeah, probably around that really. Just be it's your career out there, so you look after it and, and make sure you, you've got everything you can do really. Have you, have you found yourself at all saying to a coach, I mean, as you say, you've got a, a terrific list of coaches that you've had down through your career, but have you had you had that chat where you said, actually, I don't want to do it that way. I want to do it this way. And I want, you know, I, I, I trust my instinct on this and this is how I, I feel most comfortable. Uh, yeah, in, in some sort of slight way, we when Morsey was around, I was sort of quite relatively young in my career and, and, and Morsey was one for trying, if, if what, wasn't sort of getting somewhere. We'd, we'd, we'd go down lots of different avenues and just experiment, really. So I think at the time, yeah, you need need that that chat saying that doesn't work and this works and maybe we can do this. And and I suppose it goes down to to how you are as a person and how you learn. I, I prefer just going out there and actually hitting balls rather than just talking too much. Rather experiment by doing, really. So I think as long as your coach understands that and. And, and, and knows that and and some people do need or, or want the sort of 100% from the coaches and, and to be told what to do I think I'm probably work better just getting a bit of information and then trying to figure it out myself and and be challenged on stuff and uh, going back to a so I'm really competitive if, if I get challenged or or doubted at anything I feel like that gets the best out of me and, and some coaches have have known that really at times you think are they are they going for me or are they picking on me but but um, I presume where they knew I, I like to get challenged and and I feel like that got the best way out, or the best cricket out of me really. You're going into coaching yourself now. I mean, the, all of those things that you've just mentioned there are things to bear in mind. I guess when you're coaching yourself, not to overcoach, maybe know when to stand back a bit, know how to push people's buttons, and uh, and trying to figure that out from inside a track suit rather than inside a playing shirt. Yeah, and that's what what really sort of drew me to it, really, sort of seeing the coaches we've had work and then sort of through the captaincy stuff, it was it was then that period where I thought it, I really enjoyed this and almost like the, the man management side of it and, and, and working things out that way, really. I think the technical side of coaching is, is, is something I've, I've always like doing anyway and, and picked up more more skills throughout the years and but really sort of getting to know how people work and sort of almost managing people was something uh, I, 
I really enjoyed and, and, and look forward to hopefully to, to help people figure things out and hopefully help them on their path to hopefully one day play for England. I, I suppose as well, when you, when you were captain at Langs, you have that element to that job as well, don't you? Where you, you've got your team and you need to know how your players tick and know when a harsh words may be needed and when an arm around the shoulders needed to. Yeah, that was sort of a, a bit of a grounding for it really and, and sort of some open my eyes really that it's not about yourself anymore. You've, you've got to look after uh, the, the team and, and the squad and obviously the coach is there to do that as well. But uh, that first time where you think, well, it's not about just what you do as a player really. You've got all these other personalities, players that you sometimes have to juggle a bit and, and like I said, some something you have to try and sort of turn on, something you have to tone down and 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 it's a can be a juggling act at times, but it's something I really enjoyed really. Like I said, that's what really sort of got my, my appetite going for it really. On a scale of one to ten, and I realised just recently that I've dated myself completely with this question because I refer to the Fonz here, but uh, <laughs> on a scale of one to ten, with ten being the Fonz, the coolest man in the world, how cool would you say you are? <laughs> Uh, I'd go just over halfway. I'm sort of quite a laid back. I'm, uh, although some people might think I'm on the field, sort of quite sort of aggressive. But yeah, I'm sort of quite laid back. And I'd say I'd give myself a six, seven. I'm not, I mean, I always think back to Mark Hughes when he was playing football. And when you saw him interviewed, he was always really quite quiet and uh, softly spoken. But you saw him out on the pitch and he was, you know, his heart was pounding out of his chest and he was, and you know, you felt he was about an inch away from punching people at times. But the how, how different is your personality to the one that we see out there on the cricket pitch? Uh, yeah, it, it can it can be very different, really. It sort of depends what uh, <laughs> I suppose what day it is, what mood if I had a coffee or not. But uh, but yeah, I, I'd <laughs> like to say I'm sort of a, a laid back character, and but I, I still need I still need sort of that competition. So sometimes you. I wouldn't say pick a fight with a teammate or you, you you just try and, if I try and help people around me, I thought that sort of determines what I do really. If the team need a, a lift, uh, can run around, be a bit more energetic. If, if they're in a good place, you can almost just calm down and, and look at your own job and, and see what you can do to, to keep helping and or keep going if you're getting the results you want really. So yeah, it's sort of quite versatile in a way. But yeah, it's, I feel it can, can can change a little bit and 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 sort of adapt to what the team needs really. And you know, having played in, in, in plenty of different ones over over the years, it's there's there's plenty of different characters and and sort of each each team has its own strengths really. So yeah, like I say, quite quite versatile on on that sense really. But, but yeah, I think off the field, uh, probably yeah, a bit more reserved off 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 the field. Yeah, probably a bit more relaxed really. If you had access to to a time machine, I'm going to put a time machine in your garage. You can drive it forwards in time. You can drive it backwards in time. Where would you take it? I wouldn't mind, yeah, going back uh, sort of sort of seventies, eighties era, and 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 look at what the standard was like. Obviously, with good players, and it, you hear sort of the, the back in my day lines. So it'd just be nice to to play cricket back then and, and see what it was like. Obviously, it's been a scary element playing on on. On uncovered pitches and, and no helmets and, and see how fast the bowlers really were. So, yeah, from a cricket sense, I thought, yeah, it would be sort of quite cool to maybe all sort of savages era and, 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 and see what it's like, really. And I'm pretty presumably quite, quite relaxed off the field. No, no 
skinfold tests and, and sort of getting pinned. So I thought that, that element would be quite cool as well, to be a bit more relaxed. All sportsmen seem to think that their eras are the best. Is, is that the case? Would you, would you think that your, your time is the best or would you actually quite like to have gone back and played in, a, in, in the 2005 kind of version or the 90s or the 80s, etc.? Yeah, I think I think we, we we sport in general. I think that people's skills are, are probably going to get. Like, I think people people more more skilled these days, and, and and as technology goes, I think that can help and and still bring things forward. I think obviously in the past you, you still get skillful players. That the Bradmans are obviously the the best in in that era, really. So it, it's actually I think it's too hard to to judge really. Yes, the, the bowlers might be, be have been quicker or slower, but they were probably the best at at the time, really. And there's probably no you get the old Messi and and Ronaldo debate, and and it's just hard to to make a judgment, really. But I think with with technology, how things go, in it, it's obviously things seem a bit faster these days, whether it be football or cricket, really. The pace in which it's played at just seems like it, it, it's gone up a notch. But no doubt there was in any sport no doubt going back that the people were still super talented and, and probably not too far off from, from where we're at now the cricket budget podcast it's a it's a very generous podcast we we offer you the chance to have a second home anywhere in the world and the check may never turn up in the post but where would you put it where would you have that house i'd go for auckland new zealand good stint out there playing for auckland uh, traveled around the islands and yeah, had, a, had a full season with them and just really loved the place weather was great most of the time and and the people were just really phenomenal so sort of welcoming and really loved their own country and made you feel actually just made you feel really welcome and if they invited you around for dinner they actually really meant it and 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 wanted you to to travel around and and see the beautiful country and yeah shame it's other side of the world but yeah it'd be it'd be awkward american if you could change one thing about yourself what would you change? Not sure, really. Uh, that's not a bad starting point, Rogue. I mean, if your first <laughs> instinct is that you're quite happy with how you are, that's not a bad answer to that question, is it? Yeah, I think if you ask my wife, she'll have she'll have plenty of stuff. <laughs> she give me a list. Of ammo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, I think it, it's one of those things that you are who you are, and there's obviously little stuff and makes you sort of unique. Really, no one's no one's going to be perfect, and yes, yeah, so man being a couple of inches taller or or a little bit leaner, but but yeah, I suppose uh, one of those things is, is in your control. <laughs> Most people that come on the uh, Cricket Budget podcast to answer the 20 questions realise by the towards the end of it that it's more like 60 questions because I had in the uh, supplementaries along the way. But we're down to the final two, Stephen Croft. And uh, number 19, what will you be doing in 10 years' time? I think I think safe to say I'll probably be retired from, from the playing side. Yeah, I don't think I can last as long as Steve. I'll probably not. But, uh, but yeah, I think how the last few years have gone sort of doing coaching in the winter. Hopefully I've probably made that transition by then uh, into coaching really. So yeah, I'd like to say I'll be, I'll be coaching uh, hopefully Lancashire, but I'm happy to, to go anywhere with it really. I think if I travelled with it, it's one of those that you'd learn about other environments and, and, and maybe get there a bit quicker sort of where you want to be as a coach really. So, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully coaching. I'm going to test the Roses' rivalry here. If Yorkshire offered you a job in 10 years' time, would you take it? <laughs> uh, if there was nothing at length. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I think, like I said, if, if there is 
sort of nothing there. And 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 I suppose that's that's the, the thing with sport and, and coaching. There's only a limited amount of jobs. Really, it's something you might have to travel with. And like I said, you, you learn about another another team, another environment, and and from a learning perspective, I think it's it's great to get out of that comfort zone. And <laughs> yeah, more uncomfortable than uh, Yorkshire, really. <laughs> Um, question number 20 and this is one that some people struggle with um, and it's effectively tell me a secret Stephen Croft if you've been asking these questions to yourself and you wanted a, 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 an exclusive answer what would you have asked maybe maybe something around what, what, what's your little vice which would, would probably be red wine <laughs> and as, as, did, the, did the consumption of that go up during lockdown or did you were you, were you sensible yeah, it, it didn't actually. Yeah, and sort of being around at the home, you, you knew you're going to get jumped on in the morning and stuff. So <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's more sort of where uh, when when you're when you're on away trips, have a glass or two. And uh, but yeah, I enjoy. There's a there's a few of us that enjoy our wine and uh, yeah, sort of trade a few bottles here and there between us and have a have a little club so you can uh, get the tastiest one. It had to be red wine as well, wouldn't it? Bearing in mind yeah. our Rosie's conversations. Yeah, yeah, it would. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen Croft, it has been an absolute pleasure to catch up with you today. Thank you very much indeed for being a guest on the Cricket Badger podcast. Not a problem. Thanks for having me. Podcast Network.